Welcome to the Able Speaks podcast, where we speak to commonly asked questions by parents who have received a life-limiting diagnosis for their child. We're Daniel and Kelly Crawford, and we're glad that you've joined us. We are going to dive into another question today, and and so it it is connected to our last episode just around... um, processing medical interventions. Uh, and so we're going to branch off that and ask the question today of, of, hey, what if, assuming that I have a counterpart, a spouse, a significant other that I'm in this parenting journey with, um, what do I do when we're not on the same page on any given decision? Yeah. And um, this is something that we navigate often with families. A lot of times it's in the realm of medical interventions. Um, and like Daniel said, we talked about that on our last podcast episode, but um, we also see this as families are navigating, how do we um, handle relationships with extended family or friends? Um, or how do we talk to our children about what's going on? And sometimes parents don't land on the same page initially. And so something that uh, we really tried to do when we were walking this road and, and that we encourage other families to do is just to be patient with one another and allow time um, to hopefully bring you guys closer to one another in the decision-making process, as well as just really a fight to respect each other and one another's opinions and see value in that. And, you know, the Lord gives us uh, one another, uh, and that's a gift. And so to really um, try to understand each other and respect one another, as well as just taking personal responsibility individually to really educate ourselves on the next right step in the decision that we're trying to make. And then lastly, just always encourage families to loop in a uh, another couple that they really trust and respect to really try to help them uh, hear one another and hopefully move towards each other. Yeah, I think those are good broad strokes. I would also say to build off the illustration that I threw out last time as far as, hey, if each spouse, each parent has a stoplight, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a green light on that decision. I'm a red light, or honestly, I'm, I'm kind of, I could go either way. I'm yellow right now. What I didn't specifically address last time is, hey, what if one is green and one is red? How do we break the tie in, in essence? And so uh, we don't want to insert ourselves into your uh, marital conflict and be uh, be your marriage <laughs> counselor. I'll just share personally that we gave extra weight to the red lights. And what that was rooted in is a desire not to go against someone's you know, conscience, conviction, whatever you might call it. It's rooted in what Kelly said just about that, that respect for one another. And in the trust in one another that as we're both pressing in and being diligent to be thoughtful, um, to be prayerful about things, um, that if one of us didn't feel comfortable with whatever it is we were talking about, we wanted to back off that. Even if, even if I'm bright green, you know, if, if you're red, I, I want to see that, respect that and allow that to sort of break the tie, so to speak. And so, um, we had one example I remember of where we had the one's green, one's red. There was plenty where there was a a lot of yellow lights in there. There was plenty where we both struck bright green and and it was easy. Um, But how did we navigate that particular circumstance and decision early in our pregnancy? Um, So with our specific situation as a disclaimer, this is not to say that it this decision is right or wrong for a given family. But for us, as we were navigating the decision to um, have an amniocentesis or not, to really confirm with 100% accuracy um, if Abel had trisomy 18 or not, I wanted to have the amnio. Daniel 
was the red light. I was the green light in that. And, um, you know, I am a person who loves information. And so the more the information, the better for me. And I think in that, you know, that was really driving my desire to have that procedure. And for you, it was much more, we're told that there could be a small chance of a miscarriage. And so uh, for you, it was like, hey, if that is true, then that would, I would not be able to live with myself if for whatever reason, Abel passed away shortly after that procedure and we would never know what the reason was. And so um, in true fashion, I tried to prove that that wasn't true and that there was no chance of miscarriage. That doesn't um, sound like <laughs> And But ultimately, uh, through a lot of research, you know, did discover that there is a small likelihood that that could happen. And so I ended up coming to a red light in that as well. But um, it took a lot of conversations and um, there was a lot of frustration and um, but you know just have to be patient and work through it and assume the best in one another sure and I the one thing I would add to and what I was thinking at the time is it's not gonna it's not gonna alter anything we do thereafter and so there's maybe a certain okay now I know for sure um, that would come from that but there was no subsequent decisions you know on that side of able being born that 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 information was going to inform. And so I tried to do the same thing where I, I, I didn't just want to be flipping, just, you know, I'm red and I say no. And so it's a no. It's like, hey, I understand how you're wired and, and that that information would do something for me, even if it's not news that we hope to receive, the the conclusive nature of it would be helpful. And so I, I don't discredit that. And if you're listening and, and that's where you land and, and the decision you feel comfortable with, don't interpret, you know, my uh, conviction in that moment as speaking over you, what you ought or ought not do. Um, but just wanted to give a, kind of a practical, tangible example. And, uh, and then to just wrap up by reinforcing the things that Kelly said earlier, which is in any and every scenario, extending patience and, and time can be our friend. If we have that time, you know, allowing time to, um, lights change all the time. You pull up to a light and it's red and that thing turns green, right? And vice versa. And so, to respect each other, have patience, to respect one another, uh, which hopefully we're always doing. Uh, and then to also bear that personal burden of responsibility to not just flippantly throw out a light color, but to say, no, I've really wrestled with this. I've looked into this and this is why I land where I land. And then ultimately as uh, the circle, if the circle needs to be widened, inviting outside voices in is always helpful and having a role of trusted counselors and advisors in life will go well with you. And, um, Certainly, as we like to always say, if if Abel speaks, you know, can play that sort of role as well. Um, we hope that you'll reach out, and um, this is uh, something we are familiar with from having done personally, as well as from having um, walked with dozens and dozens of parents and and spouses who. Um, have navigated this as well. And so uh, that wraps up our third episode of the Able Speaks podcast. We hope you'll keep tuning in and we look forward to catching you next time. Hey friends, thanks for listening in. We hope this content has been helpful. 
At Able Speaks, we exist to support families who have chosen to carry a child with a life-limiting diagnosis, and we want you to know that the foundation of that support is rooted in relationships. And so if you're a parent in this circumstance, then by all means, continue listening in, but we'd really encourage you to reach out by sending an email to support at ablespeaks.org. Again, our heartfelt prayer is that this episode has served you in some way and that we might have the opportunity to serve you further in the future. The Able Speaks podcast is produced by the team at Tarno & Company and mixed and edited by the team at Sound of a Rose.